able to come to you tonight via live stream and uh, hopefully you have your live stream turned on and if you don't have it turned on then I guess I can't say anything to you but anyway we're glad to have you uh, here with us tonight live stream uh, we're going to uh, look in 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 so if you have your Bibles with you uh, you want to open up to 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 uh, we're going to share a message entitled, uh, The God of All Comfort. The God of All Comfort, out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verses 1 through 11. Uh, remember, we'll be starting up uh, in-person worship uh, on March the 7th. That's the first Sunday in March. And we'll be uh, observing communion together that morning and if you're watching live stream, you're not going to be here in person. Uh, you can you certainly um, get some juice and uh, some wafers to be able to observe communion with us. And we'd love to have you take part in that. It'll be a great opportunity as we gather back in person together uh, to be able to gather around the Lord's table and remember what Christ did for us on Calvary. Well, the God of all comfort. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, my bro our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints, which are in all Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Uh, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is uh, for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, uh, brethren, have you ignorant of the, our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves uh, that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us uh, from so great a death and doth deliver, and in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us that the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given uh, by many on our behalf. Well, let's pray together. Our Father, we come to you. We thank you so much, Lord, for your great grace. We're thankful, Lord, that uh, God, that you're uh, sovereignly in control of all things. 
Uh, we're thankful that each uh, moment of every day, uh, Lord, we can rest in the hope that you're with us and you're the comfort of our soul. And uh, Lord, I pray that we might find the peace of God that passes all understanding as we uh, continue to uh, uh, just deal with issues and difficulties in the world in which we're living right now. It seems like on uh, every turn, uh, there's a major challenge that we have to overcome. And so, Lord, we're thankful for the grace of God that is sufficient. We're thankful, Lord, for the strength that we find through Christ. And we're thankful tonight, Lord, that we can be comforted in our souls. And so I pray that you'd bless the preaching of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> well, our text verse is verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Uh, there has been many uh, who have suffered loss and uh, certainly are in need of God's comfort. Uh, whether it's been uh, just recently a loss in your uh, personal life or your family, or it's been year, uh, a time frame uh, long ago, you suffered loss. And many times when we suffered great losses, it's hard to go overcome that time of discouragement and depression. And as a result of it, it carries on from year to year to year. And yet there is a God in heaven who cares for us and loves us, who is the God of all comfort. Oftentimes the pain is too strong and too deep to manage. And uh, we try to manage these things on our own abilities and own strengths and uh, own uh, comprehension. And uh, yet many times you'll never figure out what the answer is uh, to the questions that you have in your aching heart. And so we must turn to a God who is a God that is all, of all comfort. God has promised that he would be with us in our times of need. And no matter what they are, doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, doesn't matter how devastating the circumstances are in your life, God has still promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He has certainly promised us that he would be with us and be a comfort to us in our times of trials. You know, in Isaiah 61 and 2, the prophecy of Isaiah concerning the Messiah that would come was that he would proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And it says this, to comfort all that mourn. I think we oftentimes we forget the prophecies of the Old Testament declared the Messiah to be the one who would be the comforter of man. Uh, the one who would come alongside of us and, and, and not just help us and strengthen us and comfort us uh, uh, through his presence, but by the uh, Holy Spirit of God. Jesus promised that he would send another comforter. Uh, and uh, literally, it means that there was one who would be just like Christ to come alongside of us and ab abide with us forever. And so between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit of God, uh, we can experience comfort through our greatest trials and greatest difficulties that we must face in life. The Apostle Paul proclaimed in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 11 uh, these only are the fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, 
which have been a comfort unto me. And Paul not only understood prophecies concerning the Messiah that would come and be a comfort to us, but he acknowledges the fact that there were other co-laborers and workers with him within the body of Christ that was a comfort to him also. And, and what a great thing it is to know that God will take care of us and comfort us, but it's a wonderful thing to know there's others that can come alongside of us and be a comfort to us. I remember reading a little story years ago of a little boy that was in his, his uh, bed and uh, his father had put him to, in bed to go to sleep and there was a thunderstorm going on and the lightning was flashing and the thunder was uh, uh, roaring and the rain was pounding on the windows and the little boy was afraid to go to sleep. And so his dad came into him and was talking to him and he, he told him, his son, he said, son, uh, now remember, we've talked about this before, that God's always with you and God can give a comfort to you and God will protect you and God will take care of you uh, no matter what time of your life or whatever you're facing in life. And so you don't need to be afraid of the storm tonight. And the little boy said, oh, I understand that, Dad, but I just need somebody with skin on right now. And uh, the reality is oftentimes when we go through trials and difficulties in life, we just need somebody with skin on to come alongside of us to be a comfort to us. God can comfort us, but what a great thing it is that God comforts us through others uh, that can be a, a source of encouragement to us. You know, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 2, uh, Paul said, And sent Timothy, uh, our brother and minister of God, unto our fellow laborers in the gospel of Christ, to establish you, and here it is, to comfort you concerning your faith. And uh, we, we certainly have faith that can grow and mature and blossom through the trials and difficulties in life. But how much stronger, how much more powerful our faith can be if we just have that confirmation from others also uh, in those times of trials. Sometimes the pain is too severe. Uh, to find comfort. And, uh, you know, when Herod uh, was angry because the wise men uh, did not bring him word where Jesus was born, uh, and in his great anger, he sent out the, the, the murderers to take uh, the young boys that were two years old and younger and slay them. And Matthew chapter 2, in verse 18, it says, In Rama was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And so sometimes the pain in this is so severe that it seems like you'll never find any comfort uh, uh, for your soul. But yet God is still identified as and moves in our lives as the one who is the God of all comfort. And so if we need comfort tonight, we need hope tonight, we need assurance tonight, I want you to know there's a God in heaven uh, who is your heavenly Father who has promised to comfort you and ease your pain in your times of great loss and trials and tribulations. And so I want to go through what we've read here in First. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
and look at three different things here about this matter of the God of all comfort. First of all, I see the sphere of comfort. Notice in verse 4, says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are of any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So the sphere, how broad or how encompassing is this matter of comfort that God sends to us or enables us to experience. Notice, I just put down this, the sphere is this, every trial. Because it says in all our tribulation. It didn't say some tribulation. It didn't say, well, maybe on some issues in life I'll give you comfort, but others I won't. No, the severe sphere of the comfort of God is that no matter what trial you are going through, God is there to give you hope and give you peace in your heart to be a comfort to your soul. And uh, it may be a loss of a loved one. It may be health loss. Uh, it may be financial troubles. It may be a wayward child. Uh, it may be marital trouble. Who knows what it is? There's a multitude of trials and, and temptations that we go through in life. And it's easy to think, well, this trial, God's not going to comfort me. This trial, God cannot be with me. When in reality, God is the God of all comfort who has so stated that he would comfort us in every trial we go through. So what trial are you facing tonight? What difficulty are you trying to overcome that you can't get victory over? Uh, what, what course of action has been taken in your life that has robbed you of the sense that God loves you and cares for you? Uh, because this trial, this trial is far too much for you to deal with and is far too much for you to be able to overcome. And as a result of it, you think that God can't comfort you through this time. Well, I want you to know he is the God of all comfort. And because he's the God of all comfort, then he can give us comfort in every trial in life. I see another thing here about this in this verse is an extended experience. And because he says here, who can comfort you in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. An extended experience. You know, it's amazing thing is that when we can find the peace of God that passes understanding in the midst of our trials and difficulties in life, uh, God has so allowed us to experience that so our response to God and our experience with God can be communicated to someone else who are going through trials and difficulties that are too far overwhelming upon their life. And they need someone to come alongside and just be an encouragement to them and help them to understand that the God who helped you get through is the God who's going to help them get through. And so he is the God of all comfort and extended experience. I see another thing in this verse. There is an expected presence. He says, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God, an expected presence that God will be with me. 
And I'll tell you, I often say just dealing with life and dealing with ministry and everything else, I've often say I pray, and I do pray this way sometimes. I just say, God, remember me down here. And sometimes I just need God to acknowledge that he is aware of what I'm going through. Uh, I need to be able to, in a fresh, new way, be able to experience the reality of the presence of God in my life. And the, the moments of times of prayer as a Christian where we sense the presence of God is life-changing. It's powerful. It's comforting to the soul. And so when we face the trials and difficulties in life, let's not forget that God's presence is with us. And he'll never abandon us. He'll always be with us. And uh, I'm thankful for the fact that the comfort that it brings that someone is there. You know, when you're a kid and you're not feeling good and you're sick and, and then your mother comes in and gives you some medicine or just is, tries to tuck you in and make you feel comfortable, I'll tell you, there's nothing, nothing sweeter than to know that your mother is there. Uh, you know, when, you, when you're living your life and you're going through a trial in life, and I remember doing, uh, facing some things as a young man and uh, just to know that my dad was there, that I could talk to him about the troubles and the difficulties that I was going through. What a comfort that is. But yet here we have the God of the universe that cares for us and heals us and strengthens us and blesses us and is with us irregardless of what goes on in our life. And so he is the God of all comfort. Charles Spurgeon said this. It's a rather lengthy, I think you might be able to see that if you squint real hard, uh, you might be able to see it on the screens. Charles Spurgeon said this, you may readily judge whether you are a child of God or a hypocrite by seeing in what direction your soul turns in seasons of severe trials. The hypocrite flies to the world and finds a sort of comfort there. But the child of God runs to his father and expects consolation only from the Lord's hand. I want you to know tonight, you don't need to be running to the world to try to find answers and try to find hope in life. You don't need to be running to the ungodly, unsaved crowd to get a sense of what is going on in this world that we're living in. No, all we have to do is turn and run to the arms of our Savior. All we need to do is turn and surrender and lay ourselves on the grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, in the presence of, the, of God Almighty, there is a hand that brings healing and brings comfort to the soul of every man and boy and every woman and girl. It is God and God alone that is the comfort for us. And so I see he is the God of all comfort. I see the sphere of the comfort that comes. Uh, secondly, I see in verse 5 through 7 the sufferings of Christ. The sufferings of Christ. In verse 5 it says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, or it is for your consolation in salvation, 
which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted. It is for your consolation and salvation, and our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. So we see the sufferings of Christ. In verse 5, we see the consolation compared. For the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And so this consolation, this peace, this comfort that we have is compared uh, to the sufferings of Christ. And so if we suffer for Christ, then that means we're going to be comforted of Christ. Uh, if we go through the trials, as Paul is going to identify difficulties that he went through uh, preaching the gospel, if doing that and living your Christian life brings you into a state of turmoil and difficulty and suffering, then rejoice in the Lord because in proportion to the suffering of Christ is the proportion of the comfort of God. And you may have great sufferings in your life, but there is great comfort also. You may have a small trial or a small difficulty that you go through, but there is a comfort that matches that suffering. All Paul is saying is that for every trial or every suffering that you go through, there is an equal amount of comfort that comes from God to get you through that trial. And so we don't need to allow the trials and the disappointments in life to destroy us because there is enough consolation to give us peace to get through to the other side. And so I see consolation compared. In verse 6, I see the consolation confident. Notice in verse 6, it says, Whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. See, Paul wanted them to understand that no matter what trial he was going through, the gospel of Christ was being preached. And so the comfort of their soul is that the gospel that is preached still brings salvation to mankind. And so this, there is the confidence that what consolation they needed was there for the purpose of saving their soul. Because he goes on in verse 6, says, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted. It is for your consolation and salvation. So he's given them this assurance, if you will, that no matter what goes on in the matter of the trials and difficulties and losses in life, uh, the significance of the trial is to bring us to the God of salvation, who his salvation can completely give us the peace of God that passes all understanding. <coughs> so I see the consolation that is confident. Then in verse 7, I see the consolation that is compassionate. Notice in verse 7, our hope of you is steadfast. In other words, he wasn't... Uh, having a strong expectation and, and hope for them in one day and then the next day losing it. No, he says, our hope for you, of you, is steadfast, knowing 
that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. And the compassionate hand of God and move of God upon us uh, to give us that uh, assurance and give us that peace uh, that nobody can explain, nobody can understand, nobody can grasp uh, because of the fact that the trial is so overwhelming uh, we want to try to figure out how to handle it ourselves, and all we can do is rest in the arms of Christ. And so there's the compassion of God. You know, when Jesus saw the multitudes uh, leaving, it says he was moved with compassion because they were as sheep that had no shepherd. And so here's uh, uh, crowds of people that literally did not comprehend who Christ was, who literally did not uh, connect completely with the message that he was presenting. But Christ had a compassionate heart, longing and desiring to bring comfort to their soul as he came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. And so the sufferings of Christ shows us the great comfort that comes from God. Oswald Chambers said this, in the midst of the awesomeness, a touch comes, and you know it is the right hand of Christ. You know it is not the hand of restraint, correction, nor chastisement, but the right hand of the everlasting Father. Whenever his hand is laid upon you, it gives inexpressible peace and comfort and the sense that underneath are the everlasting arms, full of support, provision, comfort, and strength. Uh, what a wonderful statement in reference to the compassion and the confidence and the comprehension that the sufferings that we may face in this world do not compare to the reality of the comfort that God can bring to a person's heart. And so we see the sphere of comfort. We see the sufferings of Christ. Then verse 8 through 11, we see the security of the same. Notice in verse 8, it says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. And so this matter of enduring despair. In uh, 2 Corinthians, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in uh, verse uh, 8, it tells us this. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. It's just interesting that Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he has much to say about their doctrinal error, uh, about their uh, moral problems, immoral problems they had in the church and all this. But it's interesting to see how much Paul has to say about the grace of God that's our sufficiency, about the comfort of God that is available and ready for all of us, about the stresses of dealing with uh, uh, problems and trials and difficulties in life. So he says we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, 
that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And so the enduring this matter of despair. And uh, sometimes when you are discouraged and you're falling into the pits of despair, uh, you just got to endure to the end. You just got to get through it. You got to get a word from God. You need to find the comfort of God. Uh, you need to have a promise from God. And then you need to focus on that and just endure till you get to the other side to get out of the despair. And notice Paul says in our text in verse 8 that we were pressed out of measure. And so being out of measure, I, was, I looked up that word measure. I was like wondering what in the world uh, Paul is talking about, being pressed out of measure. And out of measure means uh, going beyond our ability to handle whatever the problem is. And, and so Paul just said, you know, things were so difficult, so oppressive, uh, so discouraging to us uh, that we were pushed beyond our ability to be able to manage the circumstances in our life. And I thought out of measure would deal with intellectual abilities, uh, trying to figure out, you know, everybody wants to know, uh, you know, when is this COVID going to be over? When are things going to change? And when can we get back to the sense of normalcy and, and all these things? And uh, people are so perplexed by it all, they can't figure it out. I always get tickled uh, when I watch different news clips. These politicians get on one day, well, not even one day, one hour from hour to hour. Their statements are that are made that have no foundational truth whatsoever. And it's like, okay, you say one thing this hour, next hour you say something else. And, and, it's a, and so it becomes so overwhelming. It starts to push you or pull you out of measure. It starts to cause you to get to a point of frustration because, wait a minute, how can I handle this? How can I deal with what is going on in the world that I live in <laughs> when I cannot intellectually wrap my mind around and understand what happens. And maybe all of a sudden somebody gets some major health problem. Not, not just COVID. You, know, you understand while COVID's been going on, people have died of heart attacks. People have died of pneumonia. People have died of all kinds of things. Around the world, people have died of AIDS. Around the world, there's been all kinds of issues and uh, people that have died. And we, we look at those things and we say, I can't figure this thing out. I'm, I'm so discouraged. I'm so depressed. I'm falling to a point of despair because I'm just, I'm pushed out of measure. Uh, where's it in? Where's it stop? How do I make decisions in life? My, my heart is aching. My soul is on fire because of the fact I just don't know how to respond. And intellectually, we keep trying to figure it out. And it causes us to fall into despair. And we say, how am I going to get out on the other side? Where do I find peace? Where do I find comfort? And we still need to turn to the Lord and find peace and comfort through him uh, because he knows what is going on and he knows what's needed in your life. And he's going to bring to pass his will and to fulfill it 
in a way that will give you joy uh, uh, unspeakable and full of glory. And so I see out of measures, beyond our ability to handle it. Intellectually, you can't figure it out. Then he says here, not only was we, were we pressed out of measure, but he says above strength. Out of strength. The word strength there, that phrase, means the beyond powers to perform. Beyond powers to perform. In other words, physically. Physically, you no longer have the ability because you are in a state of despair. You no longer have the physical ability to meet the demands in life. You know, I, I know talking with different people with this uh, matter of COVID, and I know just experiencing it myself, one of the aggravating things about it, at least to me, is uh, uh, just getting the energy back that you had before. And uh, the, I got this dry cough here, just doesn't want to seem to go away. And I, something I never do is drink water in the pulpit, but I am now, amen. And, uh, but what happens is people fall in a position of despair uh, because of the fact physically they just don't see how they can get themselves out of bed and keep going. Physically, they just, they're, they're so emotionally drained that it drains them physically. And they're like, oh, well, well, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to respond to this? You got to endure through the despair. You got to turn to God and rest in the promises of the Lord. Need to allow the Spirit of God to flood your heart with the reality of the presence of God to know that God is strong enough to give you the strength that you need to face the demands of each and every day. In other words, you get up and you put one foot in the front of the other and then you put another foot, your other foot in the front of that foot and you just get up and you trust that God is with you and he's going to help you get through the day. And so security of the saints of God is this matter of being able through the comfort of God to endure through the, the, the despair so that it does not ruin our life. I'm not saying you won't be discouraged. I know my mom, when my dad died, went to heaven. Praise the Lord. I remember when he got saved and uh, back in 1979. And I'll tell you, when he got saved, he got a good dose of it. And I know the, the life that my mother lived with my dad before he was saved and then after he was saved was two drastic different types of lifestyle. And I, I know when he died, he went to heaven. My mother never got over it. She never got over it. She missed him so much. Her heart was in such a state of despair. But she had to get up each day and go on. She had, she had to get up and read her Bible. She had to pursue the Lord. She needed to continue to live her life for Christ. Uh, we don't give up on life because of the despair that overwhelms us. Paul says, listen, remember this and be aware of this, that I was pressed out of measure. I, I was gone beyond the strength that I had. So much so, he said, that we even despaired of life itself. And Paul wanted, that's why Paul, I believe, is writing this chapter to remind them that there is a God who is the God of all comfort. And so I see this enduring despair. 
when you're out of measure and when you're out of strength. Verse 9, notice facing death. Verse 9 says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Facing death, it's, it's hard to face the death of a loved one. Uh, the emotional stresses, the, the reality, one I think one of the hardest things about death is it's a separation. Uh, we're not going to be with our loved ones for a while until we get to heaven. And uh, facing death is difficult. Notice Paul said we, were, we had the sentence. I like how he says that. I don't want to say that I enjoy how he says that. I'm just saying it's interesting how direct he is in what he's saying. He says we had the sentence of death in our lives. You know, the Bible tells us it's important unto man but once to die, and after this, the judgment. We have the sentence of death upon us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have the sentence of death upon us. And Paul saying in reference to his ministry, in reference to his testimony for Christ, that he had the sentence of death upon him. And I just thought of this, facing death personally. And every one of us are going to have to face death personally if the Lord tarries his coming. But what does that do to us or what is it that we experience? We experience eternal life. The sentence of death did not discourage the Apostle Paul because he was aware of the fact that he had eternal life. And Jesus said in John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And it's just, it's an alarming, alarming situation when we get so fallen in despair, there's nothing that comforts our soul, and we live a life that we're afraid to live because we're afraid of dying. For the Christian, the, whole, the comfort of the Christian is that we have eternal life through faith in Christ. And so he says, I have the sentence of death on me, and so I thought about personally uh, we are going to have eternal life. But then I thought about family. And because he says in verse 9, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Personally, we'll have eternal life. Family, there'll be a resurrection one day. John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so oftentimes we fall in a state of despair uh, when we have to face death personally or when we have to face death of a family member. But the reality is, as a believer, we're going to heaven. And as a family member that is a believer in Christ, there's a day when the trump of God's going to sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so I can be comforted of God when facing death. Then in verse 10, he just tells us and reminds us that we're to be trusting in God. It says, oh, uh, but in verse 9, but in God which raises the dead, and here it is in verse 10, who delivers us from so great a death uh, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So trusting in God. 
if you want to be comforted of this God who is the God of all comfort, then you trust in God based on past deliverance. He says, who delivered us? That's past. So there is a point in time in your life where God delivered you from sin. There's a point in time in your life where God set you free. He has delivered me. And so I can find comfort and hope because of the fact that if God delivered me in the past, here's letter B or number two in this one, God can deliver me in the present. There's present deliverance. Notice in verse 10, not only does he say who delivered us from a so great a death, he says, and doth deliver. So we don't just live in the past. You say, well, you, you know, I know God came through for me in the past, but right now, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just not making it right now. Well, wait a minute. The one who delivered you in the past is the one who's going to deliver you right now. And not just that, but he says, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. And so he's not only the trusting God for past deliverance and present deliverance, but he's trusting him for future deliverance. I don't know what trial, I don't know what difficulty, I don't know what disappointment, I don't know what discouraging thing I have to face tomorrow, but I know the God who delivered me in the past and the God who's delivering me right now is the God who will deliver me tomorrow. And so I can find comfort for my soul. Uh, based on the faithfulness and the ability of God to deliver. Then, then I see in verse 11, praying fervently. And he says, ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. So praying fervently. Uh, notice, first of all, it, they were praying together. And uh, how, how important it is for us to pray together. One of the things I really uh, uh, hate about this matter of us not having people together in person, uh, and I'm looking forward to March the 7th, we get everybody back together again, is the fact that God moves when God's people pray together. Now, I understand tonight, I'm going to challenge you tonight to take some time to go through our prayer list and pray. And if we're, no matter, we may be in multitudes of different houses, but we certainly can all pray together at the same time for the same things. In Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 and verse 12, says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount of called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey, and when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both, uh, both uh, Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of, of Alphaeus and Simon Zealots and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother, brethren. They were praying together. 
And uh, as a result of them praying together in the upper room, we know the day of Pentecost was fully come and the Spirit of God came down and brought salvation to 3,000 souls. I just know this. In these days that we have such trials and we have such difficulties and so many disappointments, and I'm not making light of the disappointments and the trials because every one of us have different issues that we're dealing with. I get the phone calls and the texts all the time. I see it on Facebook, the trials and the difficulties and the heartache that people are going through. But the reality is we must come together and pursue the living God, the God who is the God of all comfort so that we might be comforted in all our trials and difficulties we have to face. I see not only did they pray together, but they prayed with a thankful heart. Because it tells us in verse 11, uh, by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Colossians 2, 4 and 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Prayer requests and our prayers to God and our communication with God are not times for us to express our grievances with God. Our prayers to God is a time for us to come together with a spirit of gratitude that God has saved our soul and that God has promised he would not abandon us and God has promised he would overcome every trial and every difficulty in our life. And so we come with a spirit of thanksgiving and supplication for others. And knowing that God is the God of all comfort. Lee Robertson said this. The greatest faith is born in the hour of despair. When we can see no hope. And no way out, then faith rises and brings the victory. We look at our trials and we look at our disappointments in life as things that are there to destroy us. When in reality, the God who is sovereignly in control of all things has allowed these things to come upon us so that we might look through the eyes of faith because we have no hope and we have nowhere to turn or nowhere to go. And through the eyes of hope and the eyes of faith that we might be able to have the victory through Jesus Christ. I may be discouraged today. My heart may be broken. And I tell you, my heart has broken for people. My heart may be broken and I might be discouraged and I might be down, but I don't need to be defeated. I don't need to be overcome by it. I, I don't have to try to make sure that I find all the answers to the questions that I have in my mind. All I need to do is turn to the God who is the God of all comfort. So what comfort do you need tonight? What, what, what move do you need from God tonight? What, what's hurting and aching in your soul? Because I'm going to tell you this, that God can fill that soul and that heart with grace and mercy that will give us hope and build our faith 
so that we can see that there is a God in heaven who cares for us. He is the God of all comfort. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. Thank you for this passage of scripture. What a blessing. It encouraged my heart reading it and rereading it and studying it and putting a message together through it. it it's helped me, Lord. And I pray that it's been a help to someone else that they might find comfort and peace, uh, the peace of God that passes all understanding, uh, the peace that only can come from a living God, a peace that can only come supernatural upon, upon us, a experience of peace, Lord, that we can share with others and give others hope also. And so I pray that you'd bless us tonight uh, as we uh, take time now uh, to be alone with you and talk to you about these things that are so special and so heavy on our hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Hold it on there for a minute. You 